0: the Nick Mo Cedar show, okay? <laughs> All right, that's the new that's the new intro. So, I have uh I read this report this morning from Maricopa County. And guys, I got to tell you. The criminals in Maricopa have truly outdone themselves with this report which which was published by Maricopa County as an attempt for them to explain away what happened in 2022. I read this thing and I was absolutely floored by the the amount of inconsistencies and the lack of actual um <clears throat> they, they didn't really do an investigation. this is more of an incident report. They didn't find any logical explanation for what happened in the election um and so I have more questions than answered answers, but um there are some things in this report which are truly gems that I think are worthy of making an entire show about um, and just breaking this down for you guys. I think it's important that you see what the other side is is saying and see what they're trying to pass off to the public because this is a clear indication to me that they truly believe that the public is stupid. I mean, wait till you see this stuff, guys. Now, um, this was published on Monday, and Carrie Lake has has... I've been blasting them like every single day on Twitter. And she actually put out an official response. So Carrie Lake... (coughs) (coughs) Excuse me, guys. I've been coughing all morning. Again. I I hope I'm not getting sick again for the 50th time in two years. But anyways, so here's Carrie Lake's response. She says, The conclusions drawn by Maricopa County's internal investigation are incomplete Contrast to expert testimony, and anyone with knowledge of the machines will attest to just that. The fact that Maricopa County ran a private test using taxpayer money and not inviting impartial evaluators or members of my team shows just how unserious their investigation was. The notion that Maricopa County printers across 61% of all locations would have simultaneously decided to print out the wrong-sized image on the ballots Independent of human intervention is absurd. These machines didn't suddenly decide to gain sentience and screw Carrie Lake. These machines require human intervention to change their settings, and that's exactly what happened on November 8, twenty twenty-two. Now we know we've had uh, multiple expert experts, including Clay Parry and Bob Hughes, both attest to the fact that there was 19 inch ballot images printed on 20 inch paper in the 2022 election and that this had to have been intentionally done like there's no way that that could have been an accident now this report published by maricopa county attempts to uh give give a an explanation for what happened that exempts any human intervention and blames the entire thing on machines and again I read this report this morning I was not disappointed I mean, it it was sheer entertainment okay. And my primary conclusion here Is that these people Are some of the stupidest Most incompetent criminals To ever walk the face of the earth When you read this thing And you comprehend what they're trying to pass off As an explanation For why 61% of the the voting machines Experienced rejections on election day uh, You are going to absolutely be mind-blown um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to catch you guys up on all this and uh, let you guys hear all their excuses and let you make up your own minds whether or not you find this believable or not. So before we get into this, make sure to smash that like button and also check out nicklovesgold.com. With the recent bank bailout and the entire banking system on the verge of collapse, it's really looking like 2008 all over again, and Biden's White House is doing nothing to stop it. Do you have more than fifty thousand dollars saved for retirement that you can't afford to lose? If you have fifty thousand dollars or more saved for retirement, now's the time to protect your life savings while you can. Visit nicklovesgold.com to get your free IRS loophole kit and see how you can protect your retirement savings from everything that's going on. Visit nicklovesgold.com. That's nicklovesgold.com. All right. So <clears throat> there's been several media outlets that have reported on this already, uh, but I'm gonna do. But really, they've just taken. Little snippets. Um, and <clears throat> what I'm going to do is give you guys the full breakdown. We're going to pull up the actual report and and go into this. Now, the first thing that's important to notice is that the Maricopa County Attorney's Office is the one that commissioned this investigation. They commissioned uh, former Arizona Supreme Court Justice Ruth McGregor And she was brought in to do this investigation in February of this year, again, by the Maricopa County Attorney's Office. Now, mind you, they didn't ask her to do this investigation until after Carrie Lake's trial concluded and the case was dismissed. Right. So here's what I draw from that. Uh, They probably figured, you know, now that the courts are, you know, it's pretty clear the courts aren't going to do a damn thing about this and the case has been dismissed, now we can just say whatever the hell we want, and we don't have to worry about testifying to any of this under oath. So we can just lie, you know, and nobody can do a damn thing about it. <clears throat> um, So this report is a perfect example of the fox guarding the hen house. <clears throat> and uh, it's being commissioned by the people whose sole job is to keep Maricopa County out of jail. Okay, this would be the equivalent of if you were charged with murder, right, and then your own, your own attorney decided to conduct a forensic investigation and and determined that you didn't kill the person, right? It's the Maricopa County's attorney's office. They hand-selected an investigator to, to do a root cause analysis and explain away their crimes, right? So what could go wrong? But don't worry, you know, about the conflict of interest here um, because Ruth... The, the investigator, assures us right in the beginning that the investigation was completely impartial and that no one tried to influence the results whatsoever. Okay, right in the introduction, um, she says the MCAO and Maricopa County Board of Supervisors made it clear at the outset that this investigation should be independent and free of any outside influence. We have encountered nothing during the investigation that appeared intended to or that did undermine the independence of this investigation. So, rest assured, this investigation was independent with zero conflict of interest. Uh, despite the fact that a lot of the information that is included in this report comes directly from the mouth of the very people that we <laughs> we, <laughs> we have been accusing of rigging the election, including the CEO of Runbeck and the Maricopa County Elections Department and Stephen Richer and all those people and the the board of supervisors, like they conducted interviews with these people, and used their uh, their words as a basis for what went into this report, right? But there was it was completely independent, and it wasn't influenced by any of the bad actors. Okay, so there you have it. <clears throat> now the findings of this are based on again um, an investigation that was conducted during February and March 2023. And what they did was they printed and tabulated 9,100 ballots on randomly selected printers and tabulators. A key thing to note here is that they didn't actually examine any of the actual election day ballots, (laughs) which you would think, considering you had uh, experts testify on the stand, that they conducted a small sample analysis of election day ballots, And found that, hey, some of these ballots were printed using a 19-inch ballot image on 20-inch paper. And we believe that's probably the cause of why the machines rejected the ballots. You had that expert testimony, but you didn't find it necessary to actually look at the election day ballots (laughs) and determine if maybe that had something to do with all this. They printed new ballots um, and they tabulated those. They, They... they, um, so I guess Maricopa County, they conducted um, some small investigation using some of the printers and some of the tabulators. And so what um, the investigator here did was excluded the ones that were already tested by Maricopa County and randomly selected printers and tabulators out of, <clears throat> of, of the rest that were available, excluding the ones that they already looked at, <laughs> which... <laughs> I mean, I would, I would think if I was an investigator, I would go straight for those printers and tabulators that Maricopa County looked at and so-called investigated, you know, to see if there was any foul play involved there. But, she, you know, she didn't think that was necessary either. Okay, <clears throat> now, I'm sure that you can already guess the result of this investigation. Um, I'll, I'll give you a, a, a brief summary here. Maricopa County investigated Maricopa County and discovered that Maricopa County did absolutely nothing wrong. They're blaming the entire thing on the machines and saying, um, you know, despite the fact that they did logic and accuracy testing, there was no way that they could have possibly seen this coming. And therefore, there's no way they could have prevented it. Now, the main conclusion here is that the reason 60 percent of the machines failed on Election Day was because the county had to use 100-pound ballot paper and a 20-inch ballot, as opposed to, uh, in the primaries, they used a 19-inch ballot. <clears throat> but in in, in the, the general election, they were forced to use a 20-inch ballot because of the amount of candidates. Um, they had to use a longer ballot. And so because they decided to use a thicker paper and a longer ballot, these two factors... Put stress on the printers and the result was that the printer ink wasn't thick enough for the Dominion machines to read the ballots so it was a matter of poor quality on the ballots and the poor quality was caused by the fact that they used a thicker paper because apparently according to them when you have a thicker paper there's a fuser inside the printer and that's what heats up and makes it so the ink binds to the paper and when the paper's thicker, the fuser has a hard time maintaining enough heat to bind the ink to the paper, right? So the thicker the ballot, the more stress it puts on the fuser and you end up with poor printer quality which throws off the Dominion machines because the Dominion machines, they have to read the timing marks that are on the side of the ballot and if they're blurry or if the quality's poor, then they can't read it so then they reject it. That's what they're saying. <clears throat> and, and, and so it's a matter of Paper being too thick as well as the ballots being too long. Um, because, again, the longer the ballot, the more stress on the printer. So the combination of using thicker paper and a 20-inch ballot caused 60% of the machines to break down on Election Day. Makes sense? Now let's actually read their the summary here. Um, where is it? Wait a second. Hang on a second. Um, we concluded that com- uh, the combined effect of using 100-pound ballot paper and a 20-inch ballot during the 2022 general election <clears throat> was to re- require that the OKI B432 printers perform at the extreme edge of their capability, a level that could not be reliably sustained by a substantial number of printers. Okay. So that's that's basically what I, what I said there. Now... <clears throat> Here's where things get interesting. Let's talk about why Maricopa County claims that they chose to use a thicker paper and a longer ballot than they used in previous elections. Okay, so uh, we're going to jump down to the next section titled Changes Between Primary and General Elections. Okay, where is it? it? We're going to jump back and forth here because... I'm trying to tell a story, and this report is a little bit uh, jumbled and all over the place. But here's where they explain why they use thicker paper and they used a 20-inch ballot as opposed to a 19-inch ballot. So in 2020, Maricopa County purchased a new type of on-site tabulator that could use either 80-pound or 100-pound paper. As a result of pandemic-induced supply issues, only 80-pound paper could be obtained in sufficient quantities for the March 17th, 2020 presidential primary election. During the 2020 general election, however, on some ballots, the ink from the Sharpie pens provided at the vote centers bled through the paper. Because, But because voting bubbles are offset on the front and back of ballots, any bleed-through cannot actually affect the correct tabulation of votes, and all votes can be counted even if bleed-through occurs. Within hours of the polls closing, however, a claim went viral ...over social media asserting that certain ballots filled out with Sharpies could not be read by vote-scanning machines in Maricopa County, a theory colloquially known as Sharpiegate. Although the theory was unfounded to allay voter concerns and prevent bleed-through in future elections, Maricopa County election officials decided to use heavier 100-pound paper during 2021 and for the 2022 primary and general elections so... I want you guys to really, really wrap your minds around this and let this really sink in. Okay? Because what they're telling you right now, let's get this straight. Okay? So they say that the reason they used a hundred pound paper in 2022 was to prevent conspiracy theories about Sharpie Gate similar to 2020, which, by the way, they told us never happened. We know that there was hundreds of complaints to the Attorney General's office that Sharpies were bleeding through ballots and causing ballots to be rejected, but the Attorney General's office told us that that wasn't the case. And Stephen Richer and Maricopa County all said that SharpieGate was not a thing. Why? Because they used vote-secure paper, which wouldn't allow for bleed-through. So, what this root cause analysis is saying is that Maricopa County decided to use a thicker paper to prevent another Sharpie gate, which actually never happened, and the result was that 61% of the damn machines failed in predominantly Republican areas, resulting in multiple lawsuits and half of the country believing that they stole the election. So they, (laughs) they used a thicker paper to prevent election deniers and conspiracy theorists from questioning the election results and as a result of trying to prevent conspiracy theorists they caused 60% of the machines to fail do you guys realize how retarded that is way to go maricopa county if that's if that's true i got i my hats off to you i got to say you really did a bang up job there curbing any conspiracies this go around <laughs> And by the way, <laughs> by the way, we know that they didn't use 80-pound paper in 2020. They're <laughs> they, they they're saying they used 80-pound paper in 2020 and Sharpies were bleeding through ballots, but that's a total bold-faced lie because during the audit, they found 16 different types of paper and 0% of the paper was vote-secure paper, okay? <laughs> we also know... That Sharpies did bleed through ballots and did cause ballots to be rejected. And also, the Sharpies bled through and caused um, people to vote for people unintentionally. We know that 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 happened. And, uh, you know, what's interesting about this report, okay, on page 15 of this report, they actually... So, so remember, they just told you that they used 80-pound paper... In 2020, and despite using 80-pound paper, Sharpie still bled through ballots, right? Well, (laughs) in this investigation, they actually, just for shits and giggles, decided to uh, compare 80-pound paper to 100-pound paper, and so they did a test batch of of, uh, 80-pound paper, right? And here's what they said. We saw no evidence of bleed through when we filled out ballots using the pens provided by Maricopa County uh, <coughs> during the 2022 elections. So what they're telling you is that <laughs> Sharpie, uh, like there was no bleed through on the 80 pound paper. And what does that tell me? That confirms that they didn't actually use 80 pound paper in the 2020 election. And I've heard from uh, people in the printing industry And experts say that like, if you had an 80-pound piece of paper and you were to mark it with a Sharpie, it's so damn thick, it's like cardstock. It's not going to bleed through to the other side. So in this report, they're actually admitting that Maricopa County was lying when they said that they used 80-pound paper um, in the 2020 election. And I just thought that that was interesting enough to to bring up to you guys. Now, real quick, let's see what we got in the... Okay, 330 people watching. Wow! All right, that's pretty good. But we only got 37 likes. If you got, if you guys could smash that like button, that would be greatly appreciated. And we're going to continue down the line here. <laughs> now, I know that your a lot of questions are probably popping up in your mind. Okay, you might be wondering if if thick, you know these these ballots that are thicker than a snicker, these these thick 20 inch ballots. If that's what caused the, the machines to misread ballots, right? Because the thick ballots, the 20-inch ballots, put stress on the printers and cause misreads. Then why didn't they catch this during the logic accuracy testing? Because during the logic inaccuracy testing, they're supposed to use the exact same ballots. Well, here's their excuse, okay? And I, I don't even know where this is in the report. It's somewhere in there. You can find it. But I'm just going to give you the summary. Here's their excuse for why this wasn't caught in the logic inaccuracy test, right? But it did happen in the actual election. Their excuse is as follows. So during the logic inaccuracy testing, they say that the ballots are printed in rapid succession, okay, which keeps that fuse that binds the ink to the paper nice and hot. Okay, when you print them out back to back to back to back to back, that fuse stays nice and hot, and it allows the ballots to come out crystal clear. But during the actual election, the ballots are being printed intermittently, so there's breaks in between ballots, and so therefore the fuser is heating up and then it's cooling off, and it's not maintaining enough heat, right? So that's why you get the poor quality during the actual election, but you didn't detect this in the logic and accuracy testing. Now, even if that's true, uh, which I, I don't believe that for a second, even if that's true, that just goes to show you that the logic and accuracy testing that you're doing is a complete and total uh, failure because it failed to detect this issue on election day. So you're admitting to us that logic and accuracy testing is not reliable while trying to excuse the fact that they're they're trying to give a plausible explanation as to why they didn't catch this before the election okay um <clears throat> so that's why there was no issues with the logic and accuracy testing literally zero rejected ballots during LNA but on election day 61% of the machines failed okay that's their explanation for that one makes sense okay good 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 now, there's something really interesting in this report that's worth noting. Okay? We know um, that these machine breakdowns happen in predominantly Republican areas, right? We know that that, that occurred. Uh, we've seen the heat maps from Kerry Lake. Okay? So the, the the question here is how how did that happen? If you're telling us that it's a matter of paper thickness and paper length, and that stressed the printers. Then why did we see this predominantly in um, Republican voting areas? Now, here's here's <laughs> here's your explanation, guys. I want you to pay very close attention here. They say Scott Jarrett, remember the Maricopa County elections director who testified under oath that there was 19-inch ballots uh, and that was caused by a shrink-to-fit issue. You know that guy? Okay, Scott Jarrett and the vote center manager are the ones that decide which printers are assigned to each vote center location. In making the assignments, they consider the size of the room um, because, okay, now there's something I forgot to mention. There's actually two different types of printers. You have these OKI 4352 or whatever printers, okay. That's one type, and then there's another type which is called Lexmark. And apparently, the Lexmark printers had zero issues, they're much bigger, they're much more robust, and they had zero issues. All the issues occurred on these other printers, the OKI printers, right? <clears throat> and we'll, we'll come back to this in a second. Even more interesting is the fact that only some of the OKI printers experienced issues. Um, We'll we'll come back to that. That's very relevant, but we'll come back to that. But the point is, Scott Jarrett and the vote center manager got to hand select which printers go where. Okay, and so they based the decision on voter turnout, historical voter turnout, you know which which vote centers are open for the most days for early voting, and have su- sufficient space to accommodate the Lexmark printers. So effectively, let's say you have these these heavily populated Democrat strongholds. Well, Scott Jarrett could have sent those Lexmark printers that had no issues to those vote centers, and send all the uh, the, the the OKI printers to the Republican vote centers. <laughs> you see? You see? So uh, they may not have realized this, but um, this is partially an admission. An admission of, of of guilt. Or at the very least, you know, a real investigator would investigate if there was any uh, inherent bias in the way that Scott Jarrett doled out these printers, right? Well... <laughs> It appears the investigator commissioned by the Maricopa County Attorney's Office didn't think that that was worth looking into any further. <clears throat> okay, so we, we, we got we got a lot more to cover here, okay? So, now, I know what you're thinking. How how could it be possible that the cause of these machines rejecting ballots on Election Day was simply a matter of ballots being too thick when we know that Clay Perique testified under oath after examining a sample of ballots, um, that they found some ballots were actually 19-inch ballot images being printed on 20-inch paper. Okay, we know that for a fact. We know, because they did they did an actual examination of the physical election day ballots across multiple precincts, and in every precinct, they found some that were 19 inches and some that were 20 inches. Right? Even, even Scott Jarrett admitted... That there was 19 inch ballot images printed on 20 inch paper, although he said it was a shrink to fit issue. Right? But um but we know that there was 19 inch ballot images on 20 inch paper. Right? Now, this is one of the 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 biggest gold nuggets in this entire thing, okay? Let's jump to page 12. Page 12, they actually acknowledge that there was 19-inch ballots on on 20-inch paper. But hold on. I I really want you guys to hear this. Okay? I want you guys to really, really pay attention to this. (laughs) This is crazy. Okay. Another printing anomaly occurred at several vote centers where ballots were resized as fit to page, (laughs) a process that entirely changed the location of the timing marks on the ballots and assured that neither the on-site tabulators nor the central count tabulators could read the ballots. We could not determine whether this change resulted from a technician attempting to correct the printing issues, the most probable source of change, or a problem internal to the printers. Now here's the good part. Here's the crazy part. Listen up, folks. During our testing, four printers randomly printed one or a few fit-to-page ballots In the middle of printing a batch of ballots, none of the technical people with whom we spoke to could explain how or why that occurred. (laughs) So, (laughs) this is crazy, man. So, so, (laughs) so they randomly selected some printers, some that were problematic, some that weren't problematic, and they printed 9,100 test ballots to be ran through the machines. And what they're telling you here is that during their test, mysteriously, four of these printers randomly printed one or a few fit-to-page ballots in the middle of printing a batch of ballots, meaning they printed 19-inch ballot images on 20-inch paper. And nobody could explain away how the hell or why that occurred. They consulted technical experts they they questioned technical printing experts and, and and nobody could explain why this happened. Nobody clicked fit to page, and I would I would even I would even go as far as to say they say that the ballots printed a few fit to page ballots, but in reality they don't know um, whether it was the shrink to fit setting or or, or what. They don't know anything. All they know. is Is that the printers that they were testing printed nineteen-inch ballot images on twenty-inch paper, and they have no idea why? They have absolutely no idea. They have no idea why. It just happened randomly, and they couldn't figure it out. Okay, so (laughs) um, that that that's just like the craziest part of this entire thing. Another thing, um. On page twenty-one, which is which is also interesting, uh, is that they they found that like these OKI printers, which were the ones that were having issues, had extreme differences in the amount of issues that were they were having. These are identical printers, identical make and models, running uh, printing the same size paper and the same thickness of paper. But some of them were having issues, and some weren't. They say, One of the most striking findings in our tests involved the considerable differences among printers. At the extremes, one printer printed 850 ballots at all settings with only one misread ballot. Printer 491 did almost as well, with only 13 misread ballots. In contrast, Printer 404 produced 92 misread ballots, and Printer Three two three produced seventy two. All printers are the same model OKI printer. All were tested using the same settings and same paper. All the ballots were tabulated using the same model on-site tabulators. So the investigator here is perplexed once again. Why are only some of these printers having issues? They're the same make and model. They were purchased at the exact same time, right? And so, so if there's like um it's not like you bought some of these printers back in 2008 and you bought some of them in 2022 and that would explain why you're seeing this discrepancy. No, all these printers were bought at the same time. They're the same make and model, but some have issues and some don't. And you know what, you know what I find really odd is that, uh, you know, like we, where, where is it where we, where we just talked about how the printers were randomly, printing out 19-inch ballots on 20-inch paper. They don't go into any detail about that whatsoever. They don't, um, you know, they're saying that some of these printers were rejecting ballots, but they don't they don't differentiate whether or not the the reason these machines were rejecting ballots was because there was poor printer quality or if the ballots were actually coming out uh, 19 inches on 20-inch paper. Like, so they're, they're telling us they're giving us a, a chart which gives us numbers about, you know, how many ballots were rejected, but they don't actually tell us whether or not it was because of of poor printer quality or whether or not it was because they were printing 19 inch ballots on 20 inch paper. That's a pretty important thing that I would think you'd want to differentiate, right? But this all boils down to the fact that, um, you know, <laughs> we, have, <laughs> we have we have we have printers that are printing 19-inch ballots on 20-inch paper with zero explanation whatsoever, and it's only some of the printers that are having issues, and Scott Jarrett gets to hand-select where the printers go. <laughs> <laughs> and this, they think, is an explanation for what happened on Election Day. And this, they think, exempts them from anybody suggesting that this was intentional or or that this was the result of humans. They think they can use this report to explain it all away and claim that it was the result of machines and had nothing to do with humans. But they literally just confirmed Clay Perique's testimony. They literally told you that Scott Jarrett hand-selects the printers and that he's putting the good printers where the Democrats vote, and the bad printers where the Republicans vote. Now, um, we're we're coming to a conclusion here, and uh, there's there's a lot there's a lot more that we could get into, but I I definitely don't want to uh, bore you with all the supportive details and all that stuff. I just wanted to give you guys the cliff notes. But one of the most concerning aspects of all of this is one of the recommendations that this investigator gives to prevent this from ever happening again. So the their conclusion here is that there's a problem with the the you know the the ballot thickness and they say well you could return back to 80 uh 80 pound paper right you could instead of using a hundred pound paper next time use the 80 pound paper but they say well but then you know you'd have all these conspiracy theorists claiming that sharpies are bleeding through ballots again so I guess you can't do that and then they say you sh- you could get rid of uh, the problematic printers, right, some of these OKI printers that are experiencing issues, you could get rid of them, um, you know, but, you know, that, that could be costly. So here's another solution. Here's another solution. This investigative report concludes that another another solution is to eliminate the use of on-site tabulators completely. And they say Maricopa County could return to its earlier practice, and and that is used in half of Arizona's counties, and transport the ballots from vote centers to the Mic Tech center for tabulation in the more powerful central count tabulators. So you get you, you you understand what they're saying here. They're saying the solution is to ditch all of the on-site tabulators, okay, and instead take. of the ballots to MicTech, the central tabulation center where they have more uh, powerful count tabulators. So basically what their solution is is to take (laughs) 100% of the ballots and put them in door 3 to be counted at a second location later where the voter is not present. That's what they've concluded from this investigation. Guys, this is absolutely the most, this is the biggest joke I've ever seen. And I'm telling you guys, these criminals of Maricopa County, they are the stupidest, most incompetent people to ever walk this earth. If they truly think that we're going to take this explanation and that it's going to excuse away everything we heard during Carrie Lake's trial all the evidence that we've seen, the the overwhelming evidence that this was an intentional act to disenfranchise uh, tens of thousands of voters on election day and that they specifically targeted uh, Republican-heavy vote centers. If they think that this is going to pass off as an investigation and they're going to pull the wool over people's eyes, then they've got another thing coming. And so, you know, I wanted to educate you guys and get you uh, filled in on this so that we can, uh, you know, blast these people left, right, you know, center. So we can get the truth out there and expose these people because nothing that they presented here is a plausible, logical explanation for what happened on election day. Now Suzette asks, who is the investigator? Uh, We covered that in the beginning of the show, the, the investigator is, uh, the name of the investigator is, uh, oh, where, I have it in my, <laughs> it's somewhere in here. Her name is uh, Ruth McGregor, and she's a former Arizona Supreme Court justice that was commissioned by the Maricopa County Attorney's Office. Okay, so it uh, truly is the fox guarding the henhouse. And again, they didn't they didn't do this investigation until after the trial. <laughs> they waited until February to begin this investigation. And they think that they're never going to have to testify to any of this under oath. Now, guys, uh, do me a favor here and smash that rumble button. And I got a, a bit of a, a surprise for you. Kind of, kind of. So uh, a lot of people that have been following us on Locals, we've been doing this this live Locals After Party, and yesterday, <laughs> I was totally winging it, and I didn't have really much of a topic. Uh, well, Jonathan C. Tay, he actually texted me this morning and gave me a story and said, if you're looking for some material, how about you cover this? And so I did a little digging in it, and uh, it is <laughs> it is truly, truly a bombshell. And it has to do with Konek and True the Vote, uh, an update in the defamation case between Konec and True the Vote there was an affidavit submitted by a former Konek employee and what he's alleging is nothing short of a bombshell so what we're going to do is uh, shut down this show we're going to fire up another stream on Locals I'm hoping you guys will join us over there it's free to watch you don't have to be a $5 supporter if you do become a $5 supporter that would be awesome but you don't have to be one to watch so click that red join button go to Um, and the show's not it's not set up yet, but as soon as we end here, I'm going to fire it up. We're going to do another show. And then I know Suzette's going to be there. I know Roy's going to be there. I know TZ Burton's going to be there. So join the party, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for watching, and I will see you next time.